Why settle for just living a good life? When you can live a life optimized to achieve your human potential, learn all the hacks that will transform your life from average to extraordinary. Welcome to Life Optimized with functional medicine expert, Dr. Neil Palvin. I'm Dr. Neil Palvin, and we're going to be here on the Life Optimized podcast. We're going to be talking uh, solo today about peptides. We're going to answer a lot of the questions that we get asked. Um, we're going to do this as a series of, of different episodes. We're going to do on brain peptides. We're going to do healing and recovery, which is what we're going to really focus on today. We're going to do the brain peptides. We're going to do the weight loss peptides. Uh, peptides are great. Peptides can be helpful in a lot of different things. We can talk about all the different ones. You can submit us questions as we move on. Um, but as I mentioned today, we are going to specifically target the health and recovery and the inflammation geared peptides. There are many of them. And so we're going to go step by step through each one. So you guys have a pretty clear understanding of where they fit in. You have to understand what peptides are. Peptides are groups of amino acids that target a specific hormone or the specific enzyme or a specific area of the, of the brain or the pituitary to exert its action. They could be given either via an injection, via orally. If we're talking about pain, they could be given via an injection into the actual joint. They could be given via an IV if you're in extreme pain or something that happens acutely. Um, they can be done in so many different ways. Uh, there's orally as well. And we're going to kind of break that down for you step by step by step. So when we're looking at peptides for pain, first of all, peptides can be used with other medications. They can be used with other supplementation. They could be used with technology such as red light or hyperbaric or things that you're going to use to help your pain levels. Um, this is, doesn't have to be a one-size-fit-all type of situation, but you can use the peptide solely uh, to help your pain level. With the understanding that what we're normally going to do is we're going to start with one or two peptides. Those peptides are usually going to be bpc 157 and uh, and or TB4 or now more know it as TB500. Um, that is our starting point usually for most patients unless we're talking about arthritis of a, of a joint, which I'll get into in a little bit where we may look at starting with some other peptides. But that's where we're going to get started. We're going to get started with BBC157. Um, that's the one that most people know. It's derived from stomach acid. Um, which is why we use it to help part of the reason how it was found and why we use it to heal things like uh, reflux and ulcers. And then we found out that by using it, it also helps dealing with inflammation and recovery. So that body protective compound is very useful and can be very helpful in various different ways. Um, we do recommend the best way to use it is one of two ways is A, um, you can do it as an injection. Um, that is the best way to do it. You can do is an injection into the belly. What you want to do is you're going to want to, when you do an injection into your belly, you find your belly button. You want to usually go to the right or left about one, the first knuckle on your thumb, and that is where you're going to inject it. That is the simplest way for somebody to do it at home. Um, you're also going to be able to do it, like I mentioned, you can do it IV for pain in the doctor's office, and we also will do injections into knees and shoulders and elbows. Why do you want to use BPC-157 as an anti-inflammatory? It does decrease the inflammatory chemicals in your body. Some, uh, some of the ones that we talk about are IL-6, IL-10, uh, NF-kappa B. Um, it helps deal with that. It also, by, we know some of the inflammation always comes from the gut, um, from LPS and other issues, and it's going to help decrease the inflammation there as well. So 
that's why BPC is so important. There are very limited side effects with BPC-157, um, which again makes it very helpful. Um, the main issue that we do see are some patients who they do, if they do have a mast cell issue, if you have an allergic tendency, if you are dealing with something like a ciprotoxicity or EDS, which is Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, that may not be your first choice. We may switch to thymus and beta-4 or a KPV, which is KPV, which we'll get into in a little bit, is much better for those types of patients. Um, we always get the question in terms of dosing, and that's going to be very individual. Um, I mean, the starting point for most of either orally or injections are going to be around 500 micrograms, give or take, four to 500 micrograms, not milligrams. Um, and that is where we start patients. But beyond that, you definitely do want to talk to your doctor how they want to dose it. They may want you, most times we'll take, give it in the morning is when I normally will recommend it for patients, but you can also split into twice a day dosing. Um, especially when we try to raise the dose for somebody who has pain. Um, understand that with all these types of peptides for pain and recovery, um, we are going to try to ramp up the dose as, as quickly as possible. And then we are going to stack them with other peptides or other things to amplify the effects. Again, we're going to add in things like thymus and beta-4, KPV, GHK, the growth hormone peptides, so on and so forth. Um, we're going to end red light therapy, and we're going to have you patients on that specific stack, usually no more than three months at a time uh, to eliminate long-term side effects. Uh, so some of these peptides have not been studied long-term. There are things that are assumed, um, and that's some, there, are, there are one or two things that we've seen on Reddit where there's a link between BPC and cancer. Um, that's a question that we always get. That has not been proven, has not been seen in humans, but it is out there as a remote possibility. The peptides, we get more concerned with that, um, where it's even a little, still a remote possibility are the thymosin peptides, which in this case is going to be uh, thymosin beta-4, TB500. Um, we do use thymosin alpha-1 or thymulin occasionally for neuropathy. And you're also the one where the major concern is is the growth hormone peptides because it is in potentially increasing growth hormone, which does give you a very, very, very slight risk of a cancer issue, which is why you want to do really limit the duration that you're doing the growth hormone peptides. So saying all that, um, again, we're going to usually the uh, pain recovery stack is going to start with BBC 157. Usually as an injection in the abdomen, we can do high dose BNIV. Um, we can also do high-dose injections into the knee or the shoulder, um, and that is, it's just really helpful. It's something that you're going to see pretty quick improvement. We've seen patients with improvement within two to three days, um, and then, and then you're, again, you're going to be using it probably for an acute injury at least for six weeks. Um, for more of a long-standing issue, again, two to three months is usually the duration that you're going to be using it for. So... That's BPC-157. That is kind of your, your, your foundational peptide. Then we mentioned thymus and beta-4 and or TB-500, which are peptides specifically derived from the thymus, which work on actin, protein, and muscle. And they are great for recovery. They are great for uh, helping build muscle. Um, we use them a lot also for um, abdominal complaints and some issues with the lung and or heart. Um, there are, is also some benefit in terms of brain inflammation that's been seen that has not been as proved as well as some of the other um, muscle complaints that we've used it for. Um, there's not as much data backing it up. Those peptides can be given via an injection. 
Um, that is the most commonly way to, to use them. There is not really a great pill form of the thymosin, of TB4 peptides. There are some sprays that we'll use sometimes for brain, but not seeing as great success with it. Um, BBC does have a really good oral um, version of it, which um, makes it great for patients who are needlephobic or don't have access to a doctor to inject it or do an IV or just logistically can't take it. Th the thymus and beta peptides are ones where you want to be doing it usually via an injection or an IV to really ramp up um, its, its effectiveness. Um, you can do the, the TB peptides by themselves. Um, you can also combine that in with BPC-157. The dosing is a little bit higher. Um, we will sometimes start people as high as 600 to 750 micrograms to start. We can't push the dose, but again, that's something you want to discuss with your healthcare provider. Again, because of the slight increased risk of, of, of its derivation from the thymus and other issues, you do not want to use those, those thymus peptides, the TB4, TB500, more than three months. Um, but again, acute treatment, you're going to do four to six weeks. Chronic issues, we're going to use it for three months. And again, usually a lot of times, if it's somebody who has chronic inflammation, we're going to take a BPC and a, and a TB4, a KPV and a, and a TB4, or we'll use some of the other peptides that we're going to talk about in a little bit to really amplify the inflammation. You, The peptides or something where you're going to know when they work. It sounds funny. Patients like they just, they'll have, you may have again, more range of motion. You're just going to recover better. If you have to do physical therapy, you do your workout. It's you it just, it's something that works gradually, but you'll know it usually again within two or three weeks. So those are your two core peptides. And you may have heard of what's called the Wolverine stack. Those are the two core peptides of the Wolverine stack, which leads into the third part that when patients are really looking for that optimal recovery um, and or healing state, um, if it's a pretty moderate severe injury or they're just trying to really maximize recovery after if they're doing heavy workouts or training for a professional sport or a competition, understand that that brings up a point that peptides are not legal in most professional organizations. BPC used to be in most professional organizations now, peptides are, ban are considered a banned performing enhancing substance. So understand that going in. Um, but yeah, we talked about the third part of that uh, Wolverine cocktail that you wanna start using is are the growth hormone peptide. The one most commonly that we use is CJC1295, um, which is the GHRH agonist, uh, which can be combined with ipamorelin, which is a, a different forma formation of a peptide uh, for growth hormone. And those three are usually combined together. CJC is not usually added to a syringe of the other two. CJC works because, again, by boosting growth hormone, will increase stem cell production. It will decrease inflammation. Um, it may increase. It also may help um, heal tendons and ligaments as well. That's why we're using the growth hormone peptides um, for, in terms of boosting recovery and helping deal with injury. What's also great about them is they do help in terms of mitochondrial healing, um, in terms of inducing autophagy and mitophagy, which is division, uh, cleaning up of the mitochondria as well as the cell. And there's, and it may even help with senescent cells, which are the quote unquote zombie cells. And there's now been a link in terms of pain and joint pain, arthritis, even neuropathy and mitochondrial dysfunction or senescent cells. 
and part of the reason why some people don't improve with pain. That's something we're going to do a whole separate uh, video on in terms of unknown or these newer um, causes of pain that are out there. Again, the mitochondrial dysfunction, cellular dysfunction, uh, senescent cells, neuropathy, there's new iron overload. All these things now are being found to be oxidative stress are all being found to be parts of why people aren't dealing with pain as effectively as they should be. It's not just about take your Motrin, your Tylenol, and call me in the morning. It doesn't work that way. It's anymore. We know there's a lot of different mechanisms that are not being addressed, and peptides are a really good way of addressing them. When you're doing these growth hormone peptides, the one again, we're using most commonly using the CJC twelve ninety five and the ipamorelin. That is something that we're normally going to dose once a day, usually at bedtime. Um, that is the best time to be doing the growth hormone peptides. Um, we're going to start anywhere between one hundred and four hundred micrograms of the CJC ipamorelin. A lot of times, will de- the dosing will depend on what formulation you're getting it from. Um, and again, you're going to do that one usually at night. You're going to do the TB400, the TB4 or the, the TB500 during the day, the BPC during the day. We can add a BBC dose at night. That can get really convoluted. Again, that's when you're juggling three or four peptides at a time, you definitely want to be working with somebody who knows how to dose them appropriately, make sure that you're getting all the benefit of it and not really getting the side effects from them. But again, to go through the core of the Wolverine stack, BBC157, T thymosin beta four, CJC twelve ninety-five. Um, we do use occasionally tesamorelin as an anti-inflammatory peptide. Um, it's very expensive and it's not as I haven't seen the as effectiveness of it. We don't really use I mean, can use semorelin, ipamorelin as well, because it does help with muscle building and it does have some of the same benefits in terms of cellular regeneration, like stem cells and senescence removing senescent cells. Uh, maybe a cheaper version, something you can talk to your doctor about. Um, those are the main ones that we're using, though, for inflammation. Um, CJC can be given orally, and it, it gets some benefit to it. It can, The best way still to do it is an injection. We really don't do the growth hormone peptides as an IV. Um, there's too many side effects and risks. Again, there's, we don't know in terms of the cancer risk. You should be getting, when you are doing the CJC or any of the growth hormone peptides in general, you want to make sure that you're getting um, an IGF-1, which is a way of looking at your growth hormone, potentially a PSA if you're an older male, um, and, and a blood count to make sure that you're not having side effects from the growth hormone, especially if you're doing higher doses. And those are are the core three. That is your Wolverine stack. That's what you keep hearing about. Those are the most important of our regenerative healing recovery peptides. Then we kind of go into some of the the newer ones that are out there that we use occasionally. Um, KPV, I mentioned previously, this is a great peptide. If somebody is sensitive to BPC, if they do have histamine issues, some people don't just, some people get flushed with BPC. Um, We're seeing it occasionally. Um, is that KPV is derived from alpha MSH. Peptides that are out there, the initial, the ones you may have heard of, Melantan 1 and 2, the side effect that you're going to get is that tanning effect where you could look like the lady from There's Something About Mary. So you want to be careful with those. With KPV, you don't get that tanning risk at all. And what's great with KPV, it's incredible for both healing, both for joints, tendons, muscles, because again, it works um, as an anti-inflammatory, works on NF-kappa B and some of the other inflammatory cytokines, but also works in the gut. It's really great for healing gut issues. Um, we're now using it to treat SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. 
Um, and we again, we know the, the link between the gut and the brain, which affects pain. We know that gut infection can lead to inflammation and um, inflammatory chemicals in the body. So KPV works really well. KPV is is one of those ones where it's great, to, can be given orally, usually about 500 milligrams twice a day. It could be given as a, a self-injection once a day. There's tons of creams where you now can get a KPV mixed with BBC. And uh, lots of, we can mix it with what's called GHK Copper, which is the next one that we're going to talk, peptide that we'll talk about. Um, so again, you can you can use it locally. Um, you want to use a local creams. I'll talk about that now. On more superficial areas, a muscle issue, a, a contusion, um, it's not going to be great for the spine. It's not going to be great if you have a rotator cuff tear. It's just not going to get in there as well. It, it'll get there, but I just have not seen the great success. And since there's other ways of doing it, be it injection IV or even orally, I would recommend going there first. KPV, there is now one or two no companies that make a nose spray. That I've not seen as much success with. Um, that all, since KPV, we do use in some of our mold patients because it does boost uh, al uh, alpha melanocyte stimulating hormone. We do use it occasionally, but it's not really the formulation that you want to use for pain. I would stick to the self-injections once or twice a day, optimally twice a day. Discuss that with your doctor with doing the... Um, the other ones that we mentioned, either the BPC or the TB500. So that's one that works really well. It's also really great for inflammation and recovery. Um, and it's great because it has that gut component. And also if there is some type of toxin like mold, you're getting a lot of different check marks in one specific peptide. It's just a little harder to obtain than some of the other ones that I talked about. And with all peptides, you want to make sure you're getting from a reputable source. If... The price is too good to be true. If you're like, wow, this is they're charging me this everywhere else, but this company has it for half the price, buyer beware. If, if something's too good to be true, it probably is. Um, and just be aware of that when you're buying any of these peptides because I have people coming in and they're taking these weird doses and it's not even – the peptide's not in English. And uh, it's a little – you got to be a little wary of that. I mean, we do know that most of the peptides come from overseas. Russia is where a lot of them were derived initially. But just be again, buyer beware. What you know, what you're getting, and know how to dose it, um, and that it's just very important. So we've talked about BBC, we've talked about CJC, we've talked about TB4, KPV. Now we're going to talk about another alphabet soup one: GHK copper. GHK copper is an um, uh, a chemical that we do find within the body it is great for in, inducing collagen formation and healing wounds, which is why it is really good for inflammation, especially local areas of inflammation. It just, it's very effective. It's great, especially in combination with one of the other ones we mentioned, we're gonna to tend to get more systemic healing and then use the GHK copper as a nice add-on. Um, we can do, inject GH copper locally. It can be done as an injection into the belly. Um, dosing varies depending on where you're getting it from. It could be one milligram, two milligrams is usually a good starting point. Um, at least that's where I'm using it from. Again, it could be used as a cream locally, um, but again, usually if you have a, multi, a, a pretty decent area of inflammation, you probably are going to want to combine GHK, which one of the ones other ones that we're talking about here. You do, there's some questions you have to check copper levels of GHK copper. You can get one as a preventive level. I've never heard or spoken to a physician who has an issue with it, but something you can check one time, have your doctor check a copper level and a zinc level. Again, not something you really need to be worried about, assuming that you're getting pretty 
pretty reputable sources of your peptides. Um, and again, most people are either are ordering from online or getting it through a healthcare provider, which is the best way because they're getting it through a compounded pharmacy, which is regulated by a state or local or national government. Some of these other companies are getting products from overseas and there's no control over whatsoever. So we talked about those guys. Then we're going to talk about a couple more peptides that are really good for inflammation and more specific niches. Um, so we're going to talk about um, the next one we're going to talk about is something called pentosin, pentosin polysulfate. This is one which is a product that's used in medical issues um, for inflammatory conditions. Um, they're done for um, some bladder conditions, which is inflammation in the bladder, interstitial nephritis. And we're also using it for other kidney issues as well. Um, that is a much stronger and different version. When it's done locally or in the belly, and not in, then it's there are no real risks to it. The side effects are not seen. There are studies now ongoing for mentosin polysulfate and uh, knee arthritis. And the, um, there are so far the initial lower level studies have shown really good results with it. It's something that can be injected into your knee. We'll either inject it by itself or we will inject it with hyaluronic acid. So we can get pentosin and hyaluronic acid to help patients who have like degenerative arthritis in their knees. Um, and, and there was actually a formulation of growth hormone peptide called AOD, which is kind of the, the poor brother's growth hormone peptide in the sense of it's not, it's not as great for weight loss. It's, it was kind of promoted for weight loss. We did not see the great benefits that way. It was promoted initially to help with, in terms of, some of the other benefits we see with the growth hormone peptides, such as skin and and energy and muscle building. Not that great, but it is really good for joints. You can get either the AOD or the pentosin polysulfate with hyaluronic acid, and they're that's their niche. Their niche is joint injection, specifically the shoulder, the knee. There are some people who use it for the shoulder. That's what it does. It's not there, and they can help a little bit with other types of inflammation, but that's its sweet spot. That's where you want to be using it for. So that's pentosin polysulfate. That's AOD um, nine two zero four. We have to put. It seems like you have to put a number most in front of all these peptides just to make it more confusing. So only doctors, I guess, or people who really do deep dives into stuff understand it. But all the context will be um, in the notes or on the website, and you can just always follow and. Um, Get the, the information that you need in terms of what's which peptides we're actually talking about. It, it sounds really confusing, but it's really once you get a handle on what's what, not that bit, not that hard to really grasp. So we talked about the joint specific peptides. Then there's a couple ones that we use for again for really specific niches in terms of inflammation and recovery. Um, another one that we didn't talk about is cerebrolysin. This is um, one that has a combination of factors from the brain. NGF, uh, BDNF, uh, P21. Um, this is a one pet that's pretty much harder to get. Um, we use this is great for brain inflammation, patients who are post-concussion. Um, we use a patient with Alzheimer's disease. Um, that is when you really, really want to be doing it IV if possible um, to achieve the high doses um, that we're using, 40, 50 milligrams, opposed to what we're going to be using for a reason I'm bringing it up more now. Um, is it's really good for tendinopathy, tendinopathy, hamstring, or um, some of the elbow or shoulder issues. Um, we can use lower doses and inject right into that area. Um, cerebrolysin has been shown to be really effective that way. Again, it decreases the inflammatory cytokines. It helps regenerate the, the area. 
excuse me, it can be used with the other peptides. A lot of times we're using it separately. Again, it's either usually done as an injection initially in the area. Um, we can do as an IV. Um, an IV though usually is going to be at least two or three times a week. So it is time consuming and it definitely could be expensive. Um, you can do self-injections at home. The injection is usually going to be given in the buttocks. We are now trying to, for patients to do the dosing in their abdomen. It's a little, you'll be a little sore that way, but it's something that you can definitely look into. So that's another one. Cerebralycin, great for ligaments and tendons and, he, and tissue healing. Great for tendinopathy. Great for healing brain injuries, especially concussions um, or traumatic brain injury. So th that's something that you definitely want to... Um, keep an eye on. There are some versions of like P21 nose sprays for brain issues. Not as effective, works okay. So we're, we're, as we kind of wind down here, we're going to talk about one or two more that are out there that can help in terms of inflammation, but again, not are the major primetime players in terms of what we're using for um, in terms of peptides and inflammation and recovery. What I'm going to do is we're going to talk about, like I mentioned, thymosin alpha-1 or thymulin, which are autoimmune um, regulant peptides, they work on the thymus gland. They can, there's sometimes an autoimmune component. Um, we've sometimes seen it work well for tendinopathy as well. So that is some, those two peptides can either be given in the gut. We usually try to do higher dosing. So sometimes we'll do a higher dose two or three times a week. Um, I don't want to give dosing on that because that one is very variable on what, where you're getting the product from. You also can be do it IV. A lot of times we'll mix the thymulin if there's an autoimmune component with one like a BPC or a KPV, because you want to get a lot of your gut, your immune systems in your gut. So you're also going to, if you combine the BPC or KPV and do a thymulin peptide, you're getting the best of both worlds. You're getting the gut, you're getting the immune system all at the same time. So a lot of them, you a lot of times when we're dealing with con more complex conditions like a rheumatoid arthritis, an inflammatory bowel arthritis, uh, things like Crohn's or also colitis can lead to arthritis issues. You want to you want to target all those things at one time. Usually, what we probably would do would be like a KPV, like I said, with the thymus and alpha one or the thymulin. Some of the other ones that we may use um, for um, recovery as well, and more for recovery. Again, there are there is a growth hormone peptide called M six seven seven, which is really just for recovery. Um, it can cause a lot of bloating. It works on ghrelin. You can get hangry with it. So you really. You want to be aware of what you're getting yourself into um, when you're dealing with those types of peptides. Um, that it's, it's There are much cleaner peptides now, so we don't use it as much, but definitely has some utility to it. And the other peptide that we tend to use for inflammation and recovery, again, we can't, is actually a couple more we'll go into here, is we're going to talk about um, the cousins of the KPV, melanotan 1 and 2. They do have some decreased inflammation. They work through toll receptors um, that can TLR, TLR4, which can lead to decreasing inflammation throughout the body. Because of the tanning side effects, we don't use it as much anymore. They're out there. They're usable. They're possible to use, but again, not something that we commonly use. The last one that I'm going to talk about actually is a cousin. It's not a true peptide as much. It's semiglutide. You know it as either Ozempic or Rogovi. Um, and then we have a form of it in terms of um, Manjaro now. they We know that those um, GLP-1 and GIP agonists definitely have an anti-inflammatory effect. We know that they work on... All, 
all the inflammatory chemicals. They work on NF-kappa-B. They work on oxidative stress. They do definitely have an anti-inflammatory component. We're using it now as definitely as part of patients who have refractory pain or inflammation that's not improving. It's probably because of the cost, not something we're going to use in perpetuity for somebody's inflammation. But if somebody's trying to lose weight, we may also, hey, you have joint pain, let's try these guys together. So I think it's something that we're going to think you will probably in the near future see specific category GLP-1 agonists, which are in the peptide family, geared more towards joint pain. Right now, the weight gain is where everybody's targeting it towards. You can't keep it on the shelf. Um, but this is something you'll see down the line. In terms of recovery, the other things I'll mention, we didn't talk about more people who are trying to look more for just recovery specifically from the gym. Um, we went through most of them. Um, the only one, again, like, we'll talk about more in terms of the growth hormone peptides. Again, there's, I mentioned tesamorelin really briefly before. Um, usually tesamorelin is a Russian-derived peptide. It actually was used as a one of the few peptides that actually been a prescription medicine. Um, we're using HIV patients. Um, it does help build muscle. It does help decrease inflammation recovery. Um, it is very strong. It does work well for muscle building recovery. It's something you would want to use for three months. You don't really want to some combine it with other growth hormone peptides. You can combine it with BPC or KPV. Um, and that's something mostly we're using, again, in patients who are also trying to lose weight and build muscle. And it does have a really good cardiac um, potential to it. Um, and then I'm going to add two in there now, which are kind of hybrids, peptides that do work if you want to kind of make a little of a jump over there. Um, and that's a mitochondrial peptide that's MOTC as well as SS31. MOTC, they're both peptides find, derived from the mitochondria. That's why they're called the mitochondrial peptides. Mitochondrial, uh, MOTC is a mitochondrial peptide. It works on AMPK, which is why it helps with energy and boosting your workout. It does also work on bones. We know it may have evidence that it may help in terms of bone recovery. It may help um, with osteoporosis. And it also may help in terms of recovery for brain. So it does kind of fit in there somewhere. Um, they're all now trying it because of the damage we're seeing in the mitochondria and mitochondria's function being linked to some ten. We see now there's been studies with tendinopathy and mitochondria's function and mitochondria dysfunction and neuropathy. So MOTC may play a part in there. That's something that's kind of building its way up. What's great about MOTC, it's a once a week injection. It's something that. The one thing that we have seen with MOTC is that certain people will have a reaction to certain brands. Um, it may either be the way of the filler that it's used with, but it's been different companies versus the fact that the dosing may just be too high for them. So now we are starting to lower dosing um, in terms of with, in terms of the MOTC in certain patients. Um, and then again, the other mitochondrial peptide, which has a lot more studies coming out, is SS31. And that is one, it's an antioxidant, it works on the inner mitochondrial membrane. And this one is probably a peptide you're going to be hearing a lot more about. Um, initially, it was being used in, it's being used in heart patients in terms of trying to help them heal their heart. And then it became pretty connected in terms of Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and ALS patients because of the mitochondrial link and the brain link. And now there are studies coming out about the potential benefit with decreasing inflammation and specifically tendinopathy where doctors are actually injecting the SS31 right near 
the uh, the tendon that's been inflamed. So that's something you'll definitely hear more and more about. Um, I've tried. I've had pretty good success. It's anecdotal. We're waiting for some other big some other larger studies to come out about the benefits of SS31. So that is a comprehensive list of the peptides that can be used for inf inflammation, recovery, healing. From pretty much we've talked about from head to toe, from the brain down to if you have plantar fasciitis. So um, we're going to put all this information in the show notes. Couple other things that you want to learn about that we'll talk about in future episodes is there are things again that work well um, with these peptides, um, things like rapamycin, psychedelics, low dose naltrexone, SPM, which is a official derivative, uh, sp spermidine, and the list goes on and on and on. Quercetin, melatonin, and so on. So, the, but one we want you to learn about how important the peptides are with recovery and dealing with inflammation. Also, the other big moral of the story from today's podcast is that inflammation is now not meant to be dealt with just, okay, just take two Tylenol and call me in the morning. It's not just ibuprofen. It's definitely now, I don't, it's not just, let me take my cortisone shot and I'm gonna feel better. We know that there's a study that come out that patients who get cortisone shots for knee arthritis, actually some of the more, a majority of them got worse as opposed to better. So we want to try to flip that paradigm, change how people are approaching um, inflammation, pain, and recovery. There's hope for most patients in terms of what the treatments are. So just be patient. Find that healthcare provider that's out there that can help you. Um, listen to what we're going to be talking about, and we're going to bring other people on as well. So stay tuned for future episodes of the Life Optimized podcast, where you learn how to optimize life, health, business, and wellness. Thanks for tuning in. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a biohacker, or an athlete, if you're ready to take the next steps to optimize your life, visit drpaulvin.com. That's D-O-C-T-O-R-P-A-U-L-V-I-N.com.